Welcome to This Week in the State Line, where we talk with local people about the local topics that you care about. We start off interviewing the Northern Illinois Food Bank. Gordon Mays had a chance to catch up with their director. With the ever-changing uh, situation for people, whether their work has been reduced or if you relied on you know food banks and, and, and assistance with your food, uh, to begin with, a lot of questions as to uh, are you still going to have access to that sort of stuff, or if it's new to you, what is the process of uh, getting that started? And of course, our friends at the Northern Illinois Food Bank uh, do this day in and day out, and it doesn't seem to uh, be a situation where you guys are skipping a beat. Teresa Scriver, uh, who has come in here, of course, during all the packathons and stuff like that, uh, you guys have been hard at work sort of keeping things up and running, huh? Yep, we um, have been meeting... Off hours, just trying to make sure that we have a plan intact to make sure that we will always be available to anyone that needs us, even during this time. So has there been any sort of reduction in the programs that you guys have available? Um, so I don't want to say no. Um, I want to say that things have changed. How about that? Sure. Um, because of our schools closing, um, that definitely has shifted sort of how we are going to be approaching our school meals and our after-school meals that we work with a number of um, school sites throughout our service area. So we have been working uh, internally and also with our existing school partners to make sure that there is going to be a place for our students and our kids to be able to access meals. Uh, I know that the, uh, many schools are still going to be able to offer um, lunch and breakfast for students to come and pick up and go. Um, and then we are also looking at how we can um, offer meal or snack boxes so that kids can also still swing by their usual after-school sites um, and pick up food um, for themselves as well. So it's not necessarily reduction, but it's definitely changing. Understandable, as we sort of all figure this out. And so I guess we'll ask this way. Is the best way for somebody that was already receiving that sort of uh, help through schools to continuously remain in contact with their school or whoever was setting that up before? Uh, yeah, I think that that would probably be the best course of action for anyone is to you know be in contact with your school. Um, each school is going to have a slightly different contingency plan based on who they serve and how many folks are there. Um, so, yes, definitely keep in contact with your local schools. They can definitely give you um, guidance on what's going on and how best they're going to be trying to serve their kids. If somebody uh, was participating in some of the pantries that you guys do on site in Rockford, mm-hmm. um, are those mm-hmm. pantries in those situations still um, typically still the same? Yes. So I can speak to the Winnebago Community Market um, specifically regarding the one that is out of our Rockford Center there mm-hmm. um, on Kish and Research. Um, so we are still going to be operating our usual distribution hours, but we're going to be changing up how we do it. And I think this is something that we're seeing across our network at some of our other pantries, is that we're still open, but you're not going to come inside the doors. So that's kind of the key difference is that, you know, to make sure that we are practicing socially distancing, um, we're not really letting people into waiting rooms anymore. So what we're doing is a drive through model. So if you've ever shopped with us at the Winnebago Community Market, or WCM as we like to call it for short, um, you know, sometimes you'll show up, you come in, you get your number, you sit and have show, tell some great stories while you wait to shop. Well, this time you're just going to come in your car, 
or your friend's car or your mom's car or your sister's car. You're going to drive up into our parking lot, and you're going to stop. You're not going to even get out of your car, and we're going to have staff and volunteers there to help load your vehicle with um, food and groceries, and then you can just go on your merry way. So that's how we're going to be able to continue to provide food to people, but, but also keeping our neighbors and ourselves safe. The other situation I'm thinking about is uh, in these growing weeks where somebody was uh, maybe not necessarily uh, in need of your services, but uh, the situation is now calling for it, some, some additional assistance. How can somebody that's not that hasn't participated in maybe the Winnebago uh, community market or anything that you guys do uh, get their family involved? In terms of getting oh, in like in receiving yeah yeah in receiving food and like in starting okay. to do that yeah okay yeah so um, you can always visit our website um, solvehungertoday.org and there there's a little drop down that says um, get help or find food and there you can find. Um, our pantry locator, and you can plop your zip code in and hit enter, and it'll tell you the nearest pantries from your place of residence. So that's one real easy way you can find a local pantry. Um, But another way that we're offering a lot of assistance this time around, too, is um, we have an ongoing SNAP outreach team. So we have a really awesome group of um, people who go out in the community um, and meet with people at pantries, at libraries, at community organizations, and help them uh, apply for SNAP. And I know that a lot of us right now um, may never have had to even think about that. Right. Um, but there's a lot of things going on, and there's people who are, you know, all of our all of our bartenders, all of our hostesses at all of our favorite restaurants right now might be struggling. And so um, we have a great group of people that can help you navigate that program. And if you can call our SNAP hotline, and that is um, 844-600-7627. And if you call that number, um, one of our great Outreach members or volunteers can answer any questions you may have about SNAP, how you can apply for short-term or long-term assistance. Um, right now there's a potential that, you know, we might be able to have some emergency SNAP available to people because of the situation um, so they can answer any of those questions. Um, and then this little crew of folks, they usually are out in the communities. Um, well, we pulled them all in. <laughs> right. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> so not only can they help you answer any questions you might have about SNAP, but even if you just have a question about pantries or where to find a pantry or, you know, what's it going to be like to shop at a pantry, you know, give us a call and we can talk you through it. You know, answer any questions that might keep you from seeking the help you might need. That's amazing. Solvehungertoday.org, if, or of course, uh, if you don't have access to the internet, what was the phone number to call? 844-600-7627. Teresa, thank you so much. Keep doing what you guys are doing, and uh, of course, stay safe and stay healthy. Oh, thank you so much. You too. We check in with the Rock River Valley Blood Center next. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. 
we understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org slash caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This morning we are talking to the Director of Operations for the Rock River Valley Blood Center, Heidi Onabaney, and she is here because there is a dire need for blood because of the COVID-19 and such. So good morning, Heidi. How are you? Um, good morning. How are you doing? Well, you know, everything is done by phone now for safe distance, so we're still practicing that. Um, but apparently a lot of people have decided that maybe they shouldn't even go out and donate blood, but there's still a need for blood, correct? Correct. We are actually encouraging people to come out because the blood, we still need blood. It's not going to stop. Even elective, if they can't, if they cancel elective surgeries, they don't usually use a lot of blood. It's the traumas, the cancer treatments, it's the everyday things that happen that blood is used for. Now, I understand that the actual survey that is being conducted is more expanded now, correct? Yeah. So now we've just realized this morning that over the entire nation, about 4,000 blood drives have canceled in the last week, which results in about 130,000 units of blood that we do not collect in the last week. So it definitely is going to affect us nationwide, and we want to be able to supply our local needs as well as help sister blood centers if there's a need out in the country. But if we don't have enough here, you know, we will serve our local needs first. So we can't help anyone if we can't maintain a need. And and this week we've already lost four high school blood drives because schools have canceled. So that was about 300 donations that we've already lost this week. Well, as you do the math, you can see the dire need then because everybody's pulling out, and that means... The blood still needs to flow, per se, and there's nothing coming in. That's true. So we are just encouraging people to come on in and to make a donation if you're feeling well and healthy, um, a gathering. I know they're saying social distancing, and we're all trying to do that. But at the blood center, we're, we're only letting people in, obviously, that are healthy. You can't donate blood if you are um, sick. So we don't want those people to come in here. And if you've traveled to any of the endemic countries, we ask that you don't come in here either. So we're trying to practice as much safety as we can, but still while encouraging people to be a blood donor. So you still need to supply how many per week here for our local hospitals, which, by the way, will remain open, right? They're not going to close as far as we know yet. They I say they're going to stay open no matter what. Um, we need about 700 people every week to meet our collection needs. Wow. So you definitely have your work cut out for you. So uh, best way to get more information or to schedule an appointment? They can go online at www.rrvbc.org or you can call us at 815-965-8751. All right. So that's rrvbc.org. Best way to link up. Or uh, is there a phone number that people can call if they have questions? Sure. They can call our main number at 815 815- Nine six five eight seven five one. All right. So, are you looking at scheduling more blood drives, or have you decided to just kind of just leave the centers open? Um, the centers are being open. We are can't. We are any blood drive that's canceling. We're trying to replace it with another one. So, these high school drives that have been canceled, like today, we were supposed to be at Stockton High School. We are actually going out to Stockton and doing it at another business and encouraging the kids to come over there. So we are trying to recoup any drive that we lose. So if there is a business that's open, um, 
or has a lot of people or we're looking or would let us use their their parking lot, we would be willing to look at coming out. All right, so everyone knows the Downtown Donor Center on North 6th Avenue or North 6th Street in Rockford, but you have other ones too, correct? Right. We have our donor center over at Perryville by Woodman. We have one in Belvedere at 1740 South State Street, and we have a donor center in Freeport on South Street. So if you are in any of those vicinities, we'd welcome you to come in. And again, the hospitals that you're serving with the blood that you're gathering are all the local ones, correct? Correct. We serve 10 local hospitals. And and then if you're called upon on a national level, then do you donate there as well? Um, actually, yes. If we are called upon on a national level, if there's another blood center, we call them sister blood centers. If someone needs help and we have enough that we could share with them, we would definitely fulfill that need for them. But our local needs obviously come first, um, as all blood centers are. And if we can help out, we would do that. All right, again, so we need blood. Uh, it's still flowing because of the uh, pandemic. It still needs to be collected. And give us the general, obviously there's a lot more uh, you know, information that you need to gather, but the general guidelines for donating blood, you have to be at least 16 or older, correct? You have to be 16 or older with parent permission. 17, you can just come in on your own. You need to be in general good health, weigh at least 110 pounds, and most people are eligible to give. And you also do a a little mini physical on people when they pop in? We do a little mini physical. We'll take your temperature, a drop of blood from your finger, your blood pressure, your pulse. We kind of do a little check on you. We are asking anyone who's traveled um, to any of the countries that are in endemic right now within the last 14 days did not come in here, not to enter the building. And those are posted on the outside of the center as well as on our website if you have any questions with travel. But if you have fever, cough, shortness of breath, we ask that you do not come in to the blood center. All right, so we need to collect blood. The Rock River Valley Blood Center needs you. Uh, straight from the heart, it's a plea to donate blood. Heidi, thank you so much for uh, letting us take a little bit of your time just so we can uh, get the facts out there for everybody during this uh, strange and uncharted time. Yes, thank you, and we appreciate all the support. All right, rrvbc.org for more information. Our next stop, will be talking to Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara and the preparedness of the city of Rockford. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara joins us this morning. First of all, sir, thank you so much for joining us in these uh, unusual times. Uh, First of all, compliment to you. You're doing a great job keeping the information flowing from City Hall. And I have to tip my cap to Sandra Martell, the Winnebago County Health Department Director. She is amazing. Yeah, she's really done a wonderful job, and I appreciate the kind words about the city team. We're all... uh you know, obviously unprecedented times, but everyone is working together, and quite honestly, I think we're prepared uh, incredibly well, uh, and everyone's handling this uh, with cool and calm and uh, collaboration, which is exactly what you want to see under uh, these types of circumstances. So obviously, uh, talking about businesses being affected and closures and such, uh, we put together in our company a page of open restaurants. We're promoting go support local businesses. I know you have that same mentality, and that's got to be a big concern for the city. 
Certainly. Uh, I mean, uh, I've met with, oh, probably now 40 to 70 different business owners. Uh, today I have a conference call with uh, probably the similar number uh, of business owners, and we're trying to do what we can uh, to support them at the state or at the city level and then advocating for them at the state and federal. So some things that citizens should be aware of is, number one, uh, from the city of Rockford standpoint, we uh, standed up our emergency operations center uh, last week before many other communities did. Uh, that emergency operations center allows uh, all of us to work together uh, to make sure and ensure that citizens are getting reliable information and that we are uh, sharing that information and deploying our resources accordingly. We also, uh, because the city needs to continue to provide essential basic services to citizens, if that's water, if that's a light pole that comes down, things of that nature, uh, we have uh, deployed new practices at City Hall for teleworking, as well as uh, sick leave policies to ensure that we keep our employees safe, but that also ensures that our employees can continue to deliver services. And I want uh, citizens to know that we are ready for really anything that comes our way, uh, because I think uh, the restrictions are just going to get firmer and firmer for uh, municipalities, and uh, quite honestly, I think they're going to come down even from the federal level as well we're ready. But for businesses, we certainly want people to support local businesses. And to support local businesses, uh, we have uh, ensured that we're never going to shut off someone's water. That's for a resident or a business for non-payment. We also have a waived uh, electronic bill paying fees. Uh, we've also waived uh, phone uh, paying fees uh, so that people don't need to come in. They can stay at home where they should be. Uh, and still be able to pay those bills, but also understand that the uh, financial situation for many Rockfordians has changed drastically over the last uh, week. Uh, if they can't pay, we're not going to shut them off. We're, we'll defer those payments uh, for uh, a period of time as we get through this. We've also worked with the Rockford Local Development Corporation that handles our revolving loan program to small businesses. And uh, I asked them to defer payments on those loans to our small businesses. They have uh, graciously agreed to do that, and we're also encouraging other financial institutions to do, follow our suit and defer these payments so businesses uh, can continue to uh, stay open, continue to pay their employees as much as possible. We've also uh, deferred liquor license renewal fees for a minimum of 60 days. Uh, they still will submit the paperwork to us, but the uh, actual fee is deferred so that they can keep that money on hand where that's needed the most right now. Uh, and then from the state and federal level, we're obviously advocating uh, as loudly uh, and sometimes uh, showing a bit of uh, frustration and fighting for our small businesses because it's to me it's shameful that uh, – the Senate has not passed the Families First uh, bill uh, that the Congress passed. In Congress, it was a bipartisan bill, uh, but here uh, in the Senate, they continue to delay it. And that's huge uh, thing for citizens, uh, family medical leaves, things of that nature that are critical that uh, our federal government really needs to step up the action that they're providing because uh, I really break things down into a couple of buckets, Steve. 
Number one is we need the federal government to work with one sound voice and provide some calmness and some stability and leadership. Mm -hmm. Two, uh, we need to make sure that our federal government are getting our health facilities the equipment that they need, the personal protective equipment that our medical professionals who are truly heroes need. And third, they need to act immediately on a major economic stimulus, probably one that many of us who are alive today have never seen before, to ensure that our economy continues to go, because we we will get through this, uh, and we're going to get through this together. But when we get through this, and to get us through this, the federal government's going to need to step in and provide us a major economic stimulus for all of our citizens as well as small businesses. Yeah, I know a lot of citizens are worried about their mortgages and going into bankruptcy and such, so that is a very good point. With that being said, are you in constant contact with the governor of the state of Illinois, Mr. Pritzker? So uh, I've probably spoken personally with the governor uh, four times in the last five days, six days, and uh, I've spoken with uh, leaders in his administration numerous times every single day. Uh, so we are in close contact uh, with the governor's office. Yeah, being that we are the third largest city in the state of Illinois, I would hope that would be the case. Are you also communicating with our other cities, Belvedere, Freeport, DeKalb, and Beloit and such? Yeah, so this morning uh, I hosted a teleconference with the mayors of uh, and the presidents of Ellisbury City and Village inside Winnebago County. Uh, and, I, again, I'd say... Citizens should be really proud of their leadership. All the leaders of these uh, cities and villages are taking this incredibly seriously. Uh, we're sharing information. We're sharing resources. Uh, I mean, good examples of this is we have some smaller water utilities that, uh, you know, there's one or two people who know how to operate that water utility in certain villages and townships. Well, city of Rockford may have more staff and more expertise, so we can step in and assist these villages and towns. Uh, if something, uh, you know, really horrible happened to one of these employees. So we are creating uh, contingency plans and then contingency plans for our contingency plans. Uh, so uh, I, I really, uh, we're, we're really fortunate that we have leaders who are taking this serious at the mayor level and the president level of villages and cities uh, in Winnebago County. And yes, we are in constant communication. Well, that's why I bring it up, because communication is the best way to keep, uh, I guess, false information being out there. Uh, resources for Rock 40 Inch to go to to get the facts and not all the false truths. So number one, uh, I would say, and this may sound somewhat funny, but I, I mean it very seriously, is, you know, your uncle didn't just become a medical doctor. So don't trust uh, every single thing that a family member or a neighbor or someone that you see on social media posts. So go to reliable uh, sources of information for news. Uh, Steve, you're one of those reliable sources. It's incumbent on you, and you do a great job of making sure that you fact-check information before you all put it out. Right. So sources uh, like our, our news organizations, which I think are doing a great job of really vetting all the information that's coming in because we're all getting inundated with information and we all have to vet it, make sure it's reliable, and then push it out. Uh, but citizens can go to the City of Rockford's website. We've also uh, created a page on our website called Preparing for COVID-19. Uh, they should also be going to the Winnebago County Health Department's website, and that's uh, COVID, uh, and that's, you can go to www wchd.org. They can also go to the Illinois Department of Public Health website, 
and they can also go to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC website. Those are reliable sources of information. I'd also urge many people choose not to go to websites anymore, and they get their information from social media. So the city of Rockford's rapidly putting out information on our social media networks and outlets as well as Winnebago County Health Department. Those locally are the best ones, uh, I think, to get the most up-to-date, immediate information. But also, we have great news organizations, and you're doing a wonderful job of pushing that out as well. Well, now, my thought is, you know, we all have kids in different schools or not in schools now, and you have a city to run. You also have your own family. How are you managing all this time constraints now on you? So, well, I... uh before this happened, I had a wife I don't deserve, and today I still have a wife I don't deserve. <laughs> uh, my wife Sarah has been uh, really a saint. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not home uh, really much at all except to sleep a handful of hours and come back to work. So uh, my wife's done an amazing job. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a family that's very supportive of us uh, and, you know, having nephews and nieces coming over to watch kids and things of that nature. Uh, but you know, uh, my concern is for, obviously, uh, my family, we're making sure that they're staying healthy, and uh, we're also, uh, that concern is spread to my broader family, which is the city of Rockford, and our kids are most important, as well as our seniors, so we're, you know, we're doing what families need to do. We're taking care of each other. We're also checking, uh, both my parents are uh, older and in the vulnerable population, and uh one is uh, receiving treatment. So we are really closely monitoring uh, family members, uh, close family members, but also making sure that I check in with all the senior living facilities every single day. Right. I'm checking in with uh, the living facilities, but I'm also checking in with the health systems every day. So we're, as you said, we're in that constant communication. Well, we do appreciate your passion for local businesses, the uh, small business owners in Rockford and the state of Illinois as well. Um, I bet you won't be complaining anymore about pothole calls anymore after all this settles down, huh? No, we, uh, I won't. I, I uh, I long for the day that those are the calls I'm getting uh, because uh, the last week has uh, certainly been something, quite honestly, I've never seen. I don't think anyone has ever seen. But, you know, it gets back to the very beginning of things. Uh, you have to have really wonderful people yep. and, uh, working around you, people who are smarter than yourself, and we have that at the city. Uh, every single one of our department heads, has done an unbelievable job and is working night and day to make sure that we uh, take care of these challenges, uh, take them in stride. We try to be as calm and collected as we can. We're trying to take in as much information, process it, and then get it back out to citizens. So uh, all of them are doing just a amazing job. Our police and fire are still responding to every single call. Uh, our health care workers are, you know, really... Uh, the heroes of today uh, just uh, put in their own lives at risk every single day for all of us. They always do that, but I think in times like this, we certainly appreciate them. And we're all Rockfordians, and we're all in this together, and we're all going to get through this together. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Try to get some rest, and uh, we will stay in touch, as you would say, with us, and we'll keep that information flowing. Whenever you need an update, just give me a call. Really appreciate all the work that you are doing at uh you're really helping extend the arm of our communications, and it, it truly is appreciated. So thank you. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line, 